Hello, everybody. Today we are talking with Craig Lamasters. Craig, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks, John. Pleasure being with you today. So we got introduced by somebody who is now a mutual friend, Carrie Childers. And she was sharing with me a little bit about your background, all the way up to being CEO of Fortune 500 company. Yeah. But when Carrie shared with me, Craig, that you know um, that you have really tackled this area, that there is so much knowledge and information out there, it almost feels to us like it, you know, it almost should be easier to overcome challenges, yeah. to make decisions. And I know for myself, right, it's almost information overload because there's just so <laughs> much coming at us. Absolutely. And Carrie shared with me that you wrote a book called Unstuck because honestly, feeling stuck. And I got to tell you, especially coming out of this period that we've been in right now when uh, we have to make such important decisions and there is massive information, but it also feels like the information, yeah. none of it's the right information that we actually really need. Yeah. So a little yeah. background, everybody, on uh, Craig. You grew up leading a big part of this whole digital transformation uh, that you did at a company that mm -hmm. you were at, um, CEO of a Fortune 500 subsidiary. It was, it's quite the story. But something you shared, and this is what we're going to be digging into, everybody listening, is, is there an approach to learning and looking at how we learn and taking the information differently that could actually lead to more rapid learning application, better decision-making. Yeah. And that is what we're going to be talking about today. So I'm really excited to dig into this because the perfect topic for especially right now. But with that said, Craig, I'd love for yeah. you to kind of go back and tell us a little about kind of your story, your journey. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm happy to, John. And, um, you know, my story, I tell people a lot, especially when I do speaking, it's in, in one realm, it's kind of probably boring to some because I spent 27 years with the same organization. So my professional story is a little unusual in that. Hey, just I spending spend, 27 years with one company is just weird. I'm just it's telling a you little, that right it, now. it is. I mean, I get some funny reactions when I tell people that. But uh, in all seriousness, I, I the way I summarize it is – and I say this all the time, I had the best big company job anybody can have. And the reason I say that is the company I grew up in, which is now called Assurant, literally gave me the opportunity to build things and grow things. And that was my passion from a very early age. So I literally grew up in the company early on, got very focused on execution and actually just producing results. I was kind of always a heads down, you know, worker, um, never really got into the corporate politics, didn't really care about it and just moved up in the organization. And, and again, it's not that sexy of a story because I probably missed a meeting one day and got tapped to be uh, CEO and literally got to sit in that chair for uh, it was 11 years. I tend to call it 44 quarters, which if people have worked for a public <laughs> company, they'll recognize why, why I call it 44 quarters. Oh, I totally understand. As a matter <laughs> of fact, my wife, she could, when I worked for a public company, I was, yeah. uh, I uh, managed a large division and yeah. she knew when it was like the last two weeks of every quarter. Cause she's like, oh, yeah. why are you so grumpy? She's like, Oh, I get it. No, I get it. You got it. Oh, yeah. it's, it's the end of a quarter, isn't it? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, like, right. 
Yeah. yeah. I it used was. to tell people, I used to tell my, my wife as well, I'd come off of, we'd do the earnings calls and all that show and the whole thing. And even when you had a great quarter, you come out of that. And the way I looked at it is we had 11 weeks and six days to prepare for the next call. I mean, it's really hard. And I think, again, unless you've experienced it, you don't really understand that. But so I, I but I got to sit in that chair for a long time. And well, and let, let me point something to out, that. too, for people that aren't familiar with that environment. At the beginning of the quarter, now think about this, if you're managing a large organization, you have to report what your forecast numbers are for that quarter to Wall Street. And they don't yeah. like if you like blow it out or miss it by a mile. Yeah. So you're, you are making every decision, uh, people, processes, hiring, customers, product development, new product launches, all based on this forecasting it's i mean there's like you're like living in this uh, it's a interesting way to live and operate for me i found it was probably good for my personality but i saw for a lot of people that it was an incredible grind it's a grind yeah that's a, that's a beautiful way to describe it and um I was very blessed to be able to do that for that long and also very fortunate that I was able to surround myself with some amazing people and the company grew. We did very well. Stock did well. And then I did a bit of a bizarre thing uh, before I turned 55, decided that at 55, I would leave public company life and go per just pursue some passions that I had, which is what I'm doing now. And so I just, I was just very fortunate to be able to have that experience and for it to for it to go well and have the means to be able to at 55 and, and blessed with good health to be able to still go do some other things and my wife followed the same path and that's that's sort of my professional part from a personal standpoint um, I have an amazing wife who's a radiologist and a longtime doctor and um, a very successful practice and she actually followed the same path at the same time she decided to leave her full-time practice which she did and started pursuing some of her passion. So we both got to do that. Along the way, we managed to, to have and uh, four incredible kids that uh, three are now successfully out of college and on their own and gainfully employed, thankfully. Uh, and then we have a, a senior in, in high school this year. So we have have a wonderful family. And then, like I said, my wife and I are now getting to pursue some of our passions, which is just an incredible opportunity. And that's how I got into this whole, as we call it, GXG little business that we started. Yeah. And so in question for, you know, through this whole journey, this career, right, yeah. this whole topic of unstuck, because what you talked yeah. about, right, is how do we really learn how do the wisdom of others help us get breakthrough, right? And I, I like yeah. the thought, right, because there's, we can have our own experience, right? Uh, we can go through the ups and downs, the tough times, um, right? And then we can become wise just because we've been through so much stuff. Mm -hmm. Or we have this ability to learn from others and their wisdom so we can make better decisions in the present. And what kind of led you to really focusing on this whole area? Yeah, so I, I bumped into just the precursor to this. And you, you said it earlier, John, I just think these are really hard jobs. I think leading in, in, you know, I led a big organization. I think leading any organization, I don't care what size it is, they're hard jobs. Mm -hmm. And that's my perspective. And I think they're also lonely jobs. I know we say that a lot, but it's certainly true. <laughs> and so what I found, and I literally bumped into this concept, a friend of mine started the original GXG concept, and he came to me with this idea of, you know, 
know, are there any hard things? He wasn't using the word stuck yet. It was kind of my words and literally we're having breakfast. He said, is there any really hard stuff that you're not getting done as fast as you would like? And I was just starting the digital transformation at, at Assurant, the company I was running. And I said, yeah, this whole digital thing is really hard. This is probably six years ago. And he said, well, I have this wacky idea. What if I formed a little board? And there's lots of advisory boards out there. So I wasn't that interested at first. He said, I got these operators, these people in industry, not consultants, nothing wrong with consultants, but they're operators that maybe they could just help you move this whole digital thing faster. And it was one of those inflection points. We all have them, I think, as leaders where I just sat there and paused. I'm like, that's a really smart idea. I mean, all of the stuff we're working on is with our own internal. At the time, I was just thinking this knowledge that we have. And I thought, that's really smart. And so we actually helped him build the first little advisory board on using this, what I call wisdom-based learning methodology. And it roll the clock forward. We did it, put it together. It was a little clunky because he had never done it before. But it literally changed the way I thought about learning as a leader and how to, as I use the word now, get unstuck. And long story short, we built the board. We had these four amazing people from other companies serve on the board. And in about nine months, we literally built a digital company within our company. And give you a little context for that, John, we are a hundred year old insurance company which doesn't move real fast <laughs> yeah and literally in nine months we had built a digital platform that drove the growth for which even today is driving the growth of the enterprise so, so it just changed the way people, i thought about it yeah yeah and uh if people want to just check that out it's gxg which is golf x-ray co it's not dot com it's dot co right so gxg.co and, but when you say wisdom-based learning, so I'm intrigued, yeah. right? Like yeah. I have all this stuff. We're in the process of a digital transformation with our company right now. And, sure. you know, it's a, we have a very lean team. We have four people and then we have seven coaches and facilitators on that are part-time. So, I mean, trying to incorporate all this. Yeah. But so I'm curious, wisdom-based learning, share more about what that is. Yeah. So I, I use a simple formula. It's W equals K times E and the K and E are just knowledge and experience. And so my belief is that, and there's lots of definitions for wisdom and they're, they're all fine. The one I like is the combination of real knowledge and real experience to me is the kind of wisdom I'm looking for. So all I tried to do, and, and if you use my digital example, and it applies now, we've worked with probably 100 companies um, and 100 different type of stuck topics across, I don't know, 12 or 15 industries. And so it didn't just work for me. It's worked pretty broadly, and it's really finding those buckets right, of knowledge and experience, which are individuals, and I believe everybody has wisdom at some level, but finding those people that have done this and have the knowledge and experience and putting them in a room or in a format where we can facilitate that transfer of wisdom. Okay, so it's a simple, if you look at where I was going with digital, there were four or five pieces of our digital strategy that when we did an honest assessment of our internal team, and let's just say one out of 10, where are you in the knowledge and experience? We were probably a five. 
So if you think about that, and this happens now, again, we've done this across many organizations. If you do that honest assessment, that you've got a bunch of fives or sixes. <laughs> so that's kind of a D in school. And this is the group that's crafting the, the next generation of the strategy. Yeah, that's what the likelihood of success is. It's pretty yeah. low. And the goal of probably your project is to create a work, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're so, like, oh, goodness. Yeah, so it's kind of a shocking thing. And we've done that exercise with so many great companies the last three years. And it's shocking on one sense, but then it drives a question, well, what do you do about that? And again, you, we tend to use, we tend to either kind of beat each other up and try to extract wisdom that we don't have from each other, or we can use traditional consultants. And I'm not anti-consulting. I used consultants a lot as a public company, especially. And that was a lot of knowledge and we had a lot of information, but it was still lacking that experience piece. So all we did was go find, I mean, we built a little board and I'll just give you a quick example of yeah. the person who was the digital expert for Microsoft in Latin America, two chief digital officers from non-competitive industry, the guy running data analytics for Sabre, American Airlines back then. They came and actually sat with my team and did literally in three meetings, we were able to transfer their wisdom into our strategy and it did two things one it helped us get to the goal very quickly they came in and within hours could say do this don't do that <laughs> now why could they do that because they've just done it before it's just people that have gone before us and at the same time our folks learned it along with them literally sitting beside them so over the course of nine months that's how we built the company it was really on the backs of the wisdom that had gone before us so question for you, how did, you know, let's say you get the right people in the room that have the yeah. wisdom. What did you do to facilitate a conversation that A, identified some of the gaps that you had and then filled yeah. them so rapidly? Because I think a lot of us are used to having many, you know, meeting after meeting after meeting. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of like the legal profession, a lot of consultants, right? They're, they're masters at just yeah. extending their billing hours. And that it sounds yeah, like you absolutely. broke that mold. Yeah, well, I call that actually, I've got a, a fun chapter in the book, call it the circle of stuck. <laughs> and the circle of stuck is what you just described, right? We tend to have an internal meeting, which we feel good about because we're doing a lot of ideation. And then we start to carbon copy and send out emails about the meeting, right? And I'm talking about myself. And as I tell this story, most people can recognize it. So we send out an email summarizing the meeting, which actually leads to a next meeting. And then we start carbon copying people, right? And the list grows bigger and bigger and bigger. And I actually had a CEO tell me recently, he stopped me in the middle of the story and said, I think I have a record. We have, I just got an email with 357 carbon copies on it. And he's looking at me like, where are you going with this? I said, well, where I'm going is this is a circle. Then you're going to bring in some outside help, maybe some ideators, some think tankers or whatever. You're going to get some great consulting information. You're going to end up at the top of the circle and you haven't gotten unstuck yet. And he's like, yeah, we've been doing this for two years on. It was a topic around uh, as a part of digital RPA. And he's like, we've been doing it for two years. And so the answer to breaking the circle of stuck is you think about this wisdom comes in and just crashes that whole circle. And the way you do it to answer your question, John, is very simply 
we drive organizations and you can do this yourself. You don't need, you don't have to have us for do it. We hopefully expedite it, but I want people to be very specific. And if you think of it as an ecosystem, mm -hmm. put what you're stuck on in the middle. Okay. And then G just, give us an example. Let's walk through this maybe with, yeah. with uh, a real example for maybe yeah. a small, medium sized business. Yeah. Well, I'll even use yours. You'll use you. Let's use your digital business. You, you want to be digital, right? You said you're going through a digital transformation yourself. So we'll put your in the middle. So okay. you want to be a digital savvy company, right? Yeah. So the first thing I would say is we got to define the destination, right? So what does your organization look like as a digitally savvy company? Okay. And again, we don't have to do it right here on, on, on the podcast, but you can do this, but write that in the middle. Write what it looks like in the middle. As a digitally savvy company, we look like this. And then if you picture an ecosystem, just draw three or four bubbles around the ecosystem and say, okay, the first bubble, what do we have to be really good at to be this thing that we just said we we're going to be? I call it point B. What do we have to be? And just there's usually no more than two or three things that you have to be really good at, right? And maybe it is you know, your data analytics, that you have to become a digitally savvy data analytics company to get to that destination, okay? And you get the idea, you can just draw those around the destination. And what I find is there's usually no more than three, and then those three buckets are the people, those are the pieces of wisdom that most likely you need to go find externally. Now, you might have it internally. You might have somebody that even works for you today that when you say, okay, we've got to be great at data analytics, and they have tremendous knowledge and experience in that area, enough to actually go do what you need done. But what happens is most likely they don't. And so that's how we draw the conversation in these meetings that we had in my example. So we would put that data analytics person in the room and now they're actually helping us solve exactly what we need to go do to be great at that topic, which gets us to point B, okay? But I encourage people to do this visual and we, we help them do it. We just draw the picture. I don't really like PowerPoints and presentations. Just draw pictures <laughs> and you can do that. Put your destination in the middle and then just put the three or four, maybe five circles around it in an ecosystem format of the things you have to be great at to go do it and then do an honest assessment. What's the probability that with the people I have, and in your case, those seven or eight people internally, what's the probability I can be great at that circle with the people we have here? And if it's less than a seven or an eight, probably less than an eight, I would recommend then you go find some wisdom outside to help you. Right? And that's what we do. We go find those wise people and then we just facilitate the conversation to transfer that wisdom to solve whatever you're solving in that bucket. Does that make sense? No, it does, because I actually just drew mine out, because data analytics awesome. is actually one of them, and we just brought yeah. on somebody, because that is, I actually built a data mining software company, but this was 20 years ago, so, sure. you know, I have, I have enough knowledge to be a comfortable five, but to take right. it in today with all the tools and everything that's available, I mean, yeah. you start even doing some research into this area, it's literally almost overwhelming. Um, it is overwhelming. How Absolutely. do I look at the data, find the right data? How do right. I use it in my CRM systems? How do I incorporate that with some of my other bubbles, which is content development, yep. um, marketing, client engagement, prospecting, 
and then you know we have different parts of the whole team right and they're so yeah. and everybody's so heads down right now with all right. you know because we've had to pivot going through yeah every, you know a lot of our business was zeroed out because you know we do a lot of things in person so yeah, we're same. in Absolutely. this transition this process yeah now so i'm curious that conversation though yeah right what does that look like to really create some wisdom transfer versus this Mm -hmm. uh, when you said, you know, two years into this that, you know, one of your clients said, right. And I'd be willing to guess, cause this is how a lot of people think, right. It's probably, that, that's probably the four year anniversary of their six month project. I think um, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. So it was probably, uh, you know, a lot of these things, Hey, we'll get this done in six months. And now you're still two years into it. It's not where you want it to be. <laughs> that's and you right. think about all the time you lose. And yeah. it's, and it's not just time. It's just significant. I mean, you're all working. It's not like we're not working hard, That's right. but, but how do we work smarter? So I'd, right. I'd love to hear from you. Like, what is those, yeah. those meetings, those conversations look like? Yeah. So I, I what I use in, in assurance, we developed a, a variant of decision accelerator. If you're familiar with that meeting format, but it's, it's lots of ways to meet. And I think it's another, it's probably a whole nother topic. We could go down to a rabbit trail that I love, but I think meetings generally are pretty inefficient. So we built this decision accelerator type process and it's all designed around speed and efficiency. And how do we extract wisdom from people? We've taken that and kind of taken it to the next level at GXG. And so first thing we do is pressure test what's going on today. We really want organizations to have something on paper. And again, I don't like just conversations without the picture being written. People love to get together and talk. And I do too. I mean, I love like, like we're doing right now. Love this, right? But put it on a piece of paper and stare at it is what I say. So we require our clients to come into the first meeting with something on a piece of paper, it can be written, it can be a picture, I don't care. Step one is we pressure test it with our outside wise members. Okay. And that's a brutal process, quite frankly, John. It's not when you say pressure test, what kind of test yeah, so, is that? So what we're doing is basically allowing the organization to say, here's how we think, and let's use your bubble. So if one of yours is is data, for example. So write down what the destination is with data. Like what is that vision for you? And then just tell us where you are. Put it on a piece of paper. Where are you today? And how are you going to go do this? Right. So the pressure testing is a process we go through where our outside board members, as we call them, actually give you feedback on the likelihood of success on your strategy. Okay. And that's step one, because we want you to get a chance to say back to scoring your own internal wisdom. It's a chance to hear from outside what it really looks like from people who have done it. Right. So if I have somebody that's actually done what you're trying to do and they're going to give you honest feedback about where you are, your likelihood of success. And it might be great. They might say, hey, you're on the right track, John. You know, we can move on and check that box. You don't really need the outside wisdom here. Most likely that doesn't happen. What they say is, you know, it's even worse than you thought. So we go through a, sort of the first half day in our meeting format tends to be a pretty brutal take off the gloves unbiased feedback. Now, this is a really important point, not to chase this too far, but it's really important because people always ask, why does this work so well and not internal meetings? The difference is when I bring this person in from the outside, they're an operator, okay? They have full-time jobs. They're operators. They're doing this because they love the idea and they want to learn also. That's why people join our boards. But the difference is they're unbiased, 
meaning they're not there looking for a job. They're not looking for a promotion. They don't even know the people. I mean, they're just there to share their wisdom on the topic we have them focused on. And it's an amazing thing to watch literally within hours <laughs> to have people with no other agenda other than to help and watch this unfold. It's incredible how fast we can move. And if these are just practical conversations we're driving. It's like you and I are doing right now. It's just these people are saying, do this, not that. That's a decent idea, but here's a better idea. And so that's what we do for the rest of the meeting is then we use a series, what we call breakout readout. We do these rapid cycle breakout sessions where we actually pair the wise board members with an internal person, usually two or three internal people. And then we start answering the questions that you're trying to solve. So if you have a debt, one of yours was content, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have a vision of what you think content needs to be and look like in your organization and you're not there yet, then these breakout groups would go actually craft what you need to go do down to the specifics, I like no more than three, I'm obsessed with the number three. What are the three things you need to go do that you can go do now to be great at content, however you've defined that? And how would, why does that happen? It happens because your folks are partnered now with somebody who's already done that. So all they're doing is teaching them. They're just teaching them, but they're using your company as the case study. So the cool thing is, again, it's a two-pronged learning, solving your issue, but also teaching your folks how to do it. And again, the reason we call it rapid cycle learning is the meeting's not to over-dramatize it, but it's almost magical watching this usually in the first half day because the tension comes down. The internal employees, the folks you have in there realize these people aren't looking for jobs. They're not there. You know, and sometimes even traditional consultants can report out to the board and that can get a little awkward for us in leadership, mm -hmm. right? That's an awkward place to be. And all of a sudden they realize the tension's down. These are just normal people here helping me. And it's just magical watching that come together and the wisdom start to transfer. And we tend, we usually do three meeting uh, series about, we space them out over about a month so that some work can get done in between. And we have boards, a lot of times we're done after two meetings because this just moves really quickly. If you have the right wisdom in the room and the right facilitation with no other agenda, you can learn from people very, very quickly. It doesn't have to take a long time. And really, what I'm leveraging here, it's really the basis of how we were supposed to learn. This is why I think this works so well. If you go back to the history, just look at the history of education, right? Whether it's biblical history or just secular history, right? This is how people learned at the beginning of education. A very wise person <laughs> teaching the newer person how to do stuff. And it was typically in a one-on-one -on -one meeting or a very small group. And that's why ours are either one-on-one -on -one through what we do in coaching or through a small board. And I think that's how we were supposed to learn. So it really isn't a new idea. I think we just brought a little structure to it. And, and I think that's why we get the results that we do. But that's wisdom-based learning. But and how do you go find, you know, let's say, you know, people of different industries, right? They're going to have different destinations. I think it's really important to have that goal, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then say, okay, what are the top pieces here that are going to allow us to succeed, to get right. where we want to go? One, two. Right. That's right. Five years out, I think, is more of 
an aspirational place. I don't know for me, I, I but I can I think six months, one month, you know, six months, one year, two year out. Yeah. So when you say board member, it's not yeah. like a traditional like governance no. board, right? This is almost like a group of experts that you're bringing in to partner and collaborate right. with for a season. Is that correct? Yeah, it, 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 we call them advisory boards. I mean, there's mm-hmm. probably better names, but we use advisory boards. Sure. And yeah, our, our maximum, I, if I can't solve it in three meetings, then we typically don't take on the engagement. I believe, and, and so far we haven't, we haven't had to do that. We've, everything we've tackled has been in a maximum of three meetings over about eight months. And I think most of this stuff can be solved in that time period. Um, and how do you go find the, like, you know, people yeah. are listening right now, like, okay, well, I'd love yeah. to bring somebody in to help me with some of these areas. And maybe yeah. cash flow is a little bit constrained right now. What are your thoughts on just finding the right people that can be your partner when you're trying to grow, but you have very limited resources? Yeah, I mean, in terms of our business model, I mean, we do it in a lot of ways. We we actually partner with companies now. If I believe it's something you're stuck on that I believe this methodology can fix, then we, I mean, we partner in all kinds of ways. I mean, we will actually bet on the upside of the, um, of the unstuck. So um, we actually partner based on, you know, revenue and profit going forward. We have a traditional fee model. You know, but it, it doesn't really matter to me. I mean, I have the, the, the good fortune of being able to run our practice this way. And I just think, you know, the, the whole consulting and advisory field needed a different approach to it. And again, I come at it as an operator. I really don't have any consulting background. I use consulting. Um, so I'm coming at this as an operator. And as an operator, what helped me get unstuck on these hard things? And so all I've tried to do is bring structure to that methodology that helped me. And I just want to share it broadly with others. I I believe in it so much and I've seen it work now across, I think, 12 different industries, as I mentioned, and hundreds of different stuck topics. And I know it works and and it's, it's just very fulfilling for me because I see the company smile again. I want to put smiles back on leaders' faces, but also these board members that join in and we just have, we have a big network now of people that help us. It's incredible incredibly fulfilling for them from a learning perspective as well. And that's what I get joy out of now is seeing both of those come together. So what I'm hearing in what you said, Craig, uh, if I got you right, a lot of times when I've worked with consultants, right, they're almost coming in to almost take responsibility, do the job, at the end there's kind of a handoff. What you're talking about really is taking people that are operators that are really good in an area of your business that we need to get better at. Mm-hmm. And they're going to come in, help us to learn from their experience and their knowledge so right. that we then have the knowledge. We actually take these ideas. We have the experience. So then now we're, we're teaching, we're training, and we're equipping our people. So when these conversations are, have happened, yeah. we have completely up-leveled. Now we have that internally. We've learned that. It's organic to our organization. That's it's right. not some external thing that came in like, oh, well. <laughs> We're going to need them again in the year. Like, no, we actually, yeah. they, right. You're coming in to say, okay, let's yeah. actually g- gain that wisdom, that knowledge and that experience as a team by working right. with these board members. Yeah, these are, that's right. These are amazing learning sessions. That's, that's exactly right, John. So I want to solve the problem. We want to get you unstuck, but I'm equally concerned that I want you and your folks to learn from these people so you don't need them anymore. And again, 
Where I think we've gotten AWOL on education in general is we, we've conditioned, I think, ourselves that everything takes forever, that we have to go to you know a two-week class here. We have to go to a two-year MBA. And none of these are bad. I think I, I love learning. But the urgency, and this is why these jobs are so hard, we don't have that much time anymore to solve this stuff. So I wanted to create a model where you can learn quickly. And if you just think about it, I mean, if I was to sit with you for even just one hour in a facilitated format, and if you had a bucket of wisdom that I needed, and I sat with you for an hour in a facilitated conversation, not us talking about family, friends, and kids, but facilitated on your wisdom transferring to me, I'd have a pretty good grasp on it. And that's what shocks people the most. We actually do one hour every day an hour as we do these one hour learning calls in our coaching platform. And people are blown away. They get off the call and they're like, I had no idea I could learn that much in one hour. It's like, well, yeah, we can if we're focused just on that. And it's an unbiased conversation. We can learn super quickly. So you're exactly right. I want the board meeting to solve the issue you're stuck on, but I want everybody to learn along the way. And what's fun is, and I believe very much in the whole spirit of reciprocity, that when people are asked in the right way to share their wisdom, they just love it. I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't want to share the wisdom? It's taken a lot of time usually to acquire some knowledge and experience. And we usually don't get asked. Or if we get asked, it's in a very awkward way. You ask people the right way. You facilitate it correctly. And it's amazing what can happen and how much wisdom people will share and how quickly we learn it. Yeah, and I think right now, well, first of all, um, the book, which is coming out, Unstuck, yeah. how do people find that? Yeah, so um, it'll launch um, this later this summer. We'll we'll have a launch in, in the website, gxg.co. I also have a website I use for my speaking, which is craiglamasters.com. We'll have the updates on the book and when it will be available and where. So it'll be coming out uh, probably in the next 60 days. Perfect. And, you know, I love what you said right now. Um, I was able to, oh, this was a couple of years ago, uh, yeah. sit down with the chief operating officer at MGM. Uh, mm -hmm. after everything that happened, if you remember back in Vegas, but he sure. shared something really interesting. He said, you know, one thing, the pace of change is accelerating right. and companies that don't figure out how to learn and grow and adapt and drive execution with yeah. an increased pace of change. And we can see, look what's happening even now. The change feels like it's been accelerated massively. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think you nailed it. You said, you know what? Uh, you don't have the time to go take years to learn some of these new skills. That's right. That's right. And that, and then if you shift your mindset and say, you know what? This actually can happen rapidly. I just got to tap into how to make that happen rapidly. And that's what that's right. you're talking about. That's what, that's you're, all I'm trying about. To solve. That's what you're doing. That's all I'm trying to solve. That's right. Because that's you right. need to, because you got great people, but yeah. they just need the right uh, knowledge. Yeah. They need the right experience. They need the right tools. And they also need probably some help setting, okay, what are, because I like what you said too, is what are the priorities, right? right. And it should be right. three things. Because I, you know, I, I work <laughs> with, I come in and I work with companies and they got, they come back from their retreat, right? And they got pages of all their to-dos. And when I, when I see that, what I know is next year, we're going to be talking about the same stuff. Same stuff. And it's one of my famous tricks that we, we catch people <laughs> on all the time is to say, okay, and they do it in, in, in our facilitated format. So they'll come back and we make them do three and they'll come back with, you know, number one, and then they have A, B, C, D, E, you know, and two, and it's all 
sudden they have 30. I'm like, that's not how we play the game. It's my game, and we're going to just have three. And it's so refreshing when, when we see companies actually do it, and they're like, yeah, we just got rid of all the others. We actually got these done. The circle of stuck is a very real phenomenon. I mean, we all do it. I did it. All the stuff I use in the books, they're my stories. They're stuff I did as a leader over those 11 years and even before that. So everything I share is it's not as an outsider poking at other people. It's really my story. And if it resonates with people, that's great. If it doesn't, there's other ways to go do this stuff. I just never found a faster way to get unstuck than this. And that's why I wanted to share it. And, and let me ask you a quick question, John, because you said something really important about the, on the wisdom. One of the things that I ask people is to think about, and I'd ask you to do this, think about your leadership. And, and I believe everybody has one or two things that you use as a leader every day. I call them sort of your go-to stuff, right? So I had like one thing that I use almost continuously as it relates to people. And I think we all have those. So if you think about one or two things you use, I would bet you if you think about how you learned it, you can come up with a person that taught it to you. And the three things that I use almost every day as a leader are from three amazing people in my life that I was fortunate enough to kind of bump into that were put in my life for a reason to teach me those. And you can probably do that. And, and actually, when I give talks, I ask people to do that in the audience and actually just write it down. And that's all I'm trying to capture in this methodology is to say, what if when we're trying to get unstuck and you look at that name that I have you write down, what if, and mine was Kirk Landon that taught me one of mine, what if I had three or four Kirk Landons helping me solve this thing that I'm stuck on versus doing it myself? Um, that's really all it is. And you can probably come up with your names. Oh yeah. They're, they're already in the top of my head. The, yeah. My go, the, even today, the people when I'm stuck or have a big decision yeah. to make who I know that, you know, the first people I'm going to call. Yeah. And that's really all this is, is let's just identify the destination and we'll help you go find, or you can go do it yourself, but we'll help you go find those three or four people that can help you get unstuck. That's really as simple as it is and do it in an organized and thoughtful way. That's the model. Well, that's awesome. I hope people, you know what, uh, really tap into this book. This is just such a great approach right now because you know, it's got my wheel spinning because of things we're working on right now. Yeah. And people can get in touch with you at Craig Lamasters. It's L-E-M-A-S-T-E-R-S. So CraigLamasters.com and GXG.co. And yep. so Unstuck is coming out soon. My book's coming out. Oh, uh, spring of next year. So we, we got awesome. some time, but we'll, but let's talk again before that, Craig, and let love me have it. you back on and love it. Uh, just thanks for a great conversation. I really appreciate it. I, I, yeah, I really no, hope this I, will be helpful for everybody listening. I really absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, John. So it's really fun meeting you and uh, a pleasure to be on your show. I really appreciate it. 